You're listening to the Good News Gurus podcast, produced by the number one positive news website, Good News Network, sharing awe-inspiring stories from around the world and ruminations on how to be good and do good. Now, here's the show. Hey, it's Jerry Weiss Corbley, founder and editor of Good News Network. Welcome to episode 96 of our second podcast since the launch of this long-form jam that we've decided to go. My partner, GNN co-owner, Anthony Samadani, is here with me. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Jerry. How are you? Good. I hope my mic sounds better this time. Last time I was sitting too far away and it was very echoey. It sounds, like it really, sound? it sounds really good. Yeah, I've got a new one coming um, on Thursday, so this will have to do. Well, I did ask if you wanted to wait till Thursday, and you're like, nope, let's do this no. right now. I'm confined. I've been contained here in the uh, house by myself for a week, I think. Everything was canceled that, that I had on my calendar. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of news going on, uh, and I thought I wanted to talk about it. I love it. I think you're right. I think that's why we're not going to wait. I mean – even where, whenever this airs at the end of the day, it's still, I think it's still relevant to talk about what day we are recording this. Um, Monday, yeah. Monday, uh, March 16th, 2020. This day will live, you know, for quite a bit of time. I mean, given what's going on in the world. But you know what, Jerry? What I love about this and our commitment to doing this is that this is therapy, I think, for myself. I feel good researching the good. And, and tell, me, tell me how you feel. I want to really, I want to help other people. I know that there's a lot of fear, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot of fear out there and I think we can help. And I love to um, get people thinking in a, of, about a life in, in terms of a good news philosophy where we can focus on the positive, even though things around us may seem chaotic and they are kind of chaotic because we don't know what's happening. Yeah, fear of the unknown is is uh, is dangerous. You know, my son, my son is has been living in northern Italy for two months. Would you believe this is the time he happened to move there, and he's confined in his little um, town of two hundred. He can't even ride a bike outside of town. Um, Wow! But he says everyone's doing well there. And in fact, uh, did you see the big the uh, viral? Post going around about the people singing in Italy out of their our good news stories, our good news of the week. Yeah, I thought we should talk about the the silver linings or the the kindness that's breaking out around the globe because of this viral epidemic. Yeah, let's do that. I think you're right because right now, I mean, if you talk to some of these great minds and just people who have lived through certain situations of trauma or fear the unknown. It's, it's really a choice. You know, you have a choice of how you want to process information. Yeah. Victor, Victor Frankl is famous book about, he was in a concentration camp. That's right. And he, he made a choice and focused his mind and said, there's one thing they can't take. And that is my feeling about what's going on. My focus, my dreams, my hopes, and so let's get started. Love it. I'll, I'll start. Um, I just read that 
there are athletes right when this, you know, the NBA canceled their season, the uh, National Hockey League, the National Basketball Association, they all canceled, canceled their season. Well, right after that happened, um, Mavericks owner Mark Cuban became the first to announce that he and the Mavericks would set up a payment plan to pay arena workers, even though they're out of work. And sure, isn't that awesome? Quickly following the Hawks, 76ers, Rockets, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, Nets, and the Bucks are working on plans now to pay the hourly and part-time workers. Well, it's not just that. I mean, it's it's what I loved about what that what, you, what you're talking about. It's the players too. So it wasn't just the very rich, rich owners of these teams. It's the individual players that are coming together. Some obviously make a lot more money than others. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a great thing. You know, it, it, it's such a great story of solidarity, right? When yeah, they're everyone- they're donating a hundred thousand dollars to the hourly workers individually. The, a lot of these athletes, and there's been a fund set up that they're donating to. Amazing. I mean, that's just, this is what it is, right? We need to encourage instead of the, the, we can't avoid the, the basic stuff that yes, you need to do. You can't, we don't, we're not saying live in la la land. We're not saying ignore the realities and not prepare. But once you've done the basic essentials of preparing, which is like canceling the NBA right now or suspending it, doing your due diligence, then think about the proper things of being positive. And I think that's such a great, I love that you brought that up because it's such a great analogy for even how we could be thinking, right? Like I was just, what I've been reading, just not not online, just um, different text messages going around where neighbors haven't been so close to their community. It's like, what can I give you? Do you have enough supplies? I bought extra this, I bought that. And people are talking that never, you know, maybe would have just passed each other's by. And so yeah. I think we, you know, it's, it's an obligation almost to go and seek how you can help. Yeah, it was one of our top stories in the past few days is a woman named Becky Hoffner in North Carolina um, emailed GNN and said that she had a spontaneous desire to help out. And she started an initiative where she was going to ask all her elderly neighbors what kind of groceries they needed, and she was going to shop for them. Um, she put up a flyer in the uh, in the cul-de-sac where she lived, and we posted that on Facebook. And th- that story was got so many comments, and you realize this is this is happening everywhere. So so many comments about it. Uh, someone from Poland. Um, wrote that it was happening. Polish multi-story blocks of flats are handwritten. Their letters by handwritten, sorry, teens are writing the letters and offering groceries, pharmacy runs, etc. for all the people. The UK chimed in, Huntington Beach, California, Portland, Oakville, Ontario too. It just goes on and on. There were 100 comments about it happening everywhere. Oh, God, I just love it. It's a love it. It's a great, it's another source. And this is a reminder for anybody. Listen, please, if you see this, send this type of stories in, right? Or, or if you don't chime it, if you have an article, I mean, if you, if you see an article comment, because your comments really help other people. So it's one thing for us to post articles, but the comments could, you know, the positive comments of, of, you know, additional information that, that it just carries on. It's a life of its own. Yeah. In um, Sarah, Sarah's Toga Springs, New York, kids are not being fed at school. And so they're bringing supplies to families 
it's just a it's wonderful to see the 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 stream of comments is um as one person put is um almost as heartwarming or is as heartwarming as the story that's exactly right everyone has ability to chime in and help out and spread some good so you and you liked their story about the the little market store yeah i did i but I, you know if we're gonna on on that um on 6, that yeah, on that in a, on that train of thought, I was also going to just talk about if this is really about the the positivity of the store um, giving away six thousand free goods. Um, but there's you know there's there's many stories like this. There's a few uh, food banks here. There's uh, churches and mosques and synagogues that are opening up that are becoming food pantries for so many. Um, I think the idea that there's so many of these good stories coming about and then. There are WhatsApp groups I'm on. People are saying, you know, how do we galvanize and take advantage of helping others and, and, and the elderly? Um, and so I think that's that's like the sort of the message of the uh, of some of these articles that I love about, you know, how people are taking this time and and, and, and turning it into time to do good. You know, it's 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 amazing. Well, that was like, um, you know, we have a we have a unique uh perspective or a unique viewpoint here at GNN. As I tell people who interview me, um, our traffic spiked on 9-11 and 9-12. The day the stock market crashed in 2008, it went up 45% and it stayed there. People, um, you know, in times of bad news, bad news, they look for the good news. But, but what, but the point was, after 9-11, I put out, I used to do a print newsletter and I had an entire eight page issue of all the amazing things that were done in this country because people just felt, felt the love um, right. in times of crisis. Isn't that just fascinating? You know, and I think this is, um, it's so fascinating. I think it brings the best out of people. You know, sometimes it brings the worst out of people, but I think there's, as we have, you've proven over the last 23 years, it, it, there's more good than bad. And I think you just got to combat it. Um, you know, that brings me to another story I love, uh, which is just sort of this ingenious, you know, these kids, you know, we're in the gaming um, generation, right? Kids are yeah. gaming, they're coding, they're virtual. And now with this whole social distance, right? These kids are more equipped, if you kind of think about it, to deal with social distancing than we are. And so there's a great story out of um, out of Japan, where these students decided that because their graduation was going to be uh, either postponed or canceled, they created their own online graduation ceremony on Minecraft. <laughs> I thought that was just so fun. They had this elaborate virtual auditorium, complete with diplomas and speeches and music oh, and festivals neat. from all over the world. And you know, these are twelve year old you know twelve year old uh, kids, um, and anything that could get them to laugh and enjoy themselves. I thought, wow, that's a, you know, that's a positive spin, you know, for allowing these kids to, because I mean, imagine we are adults and we're trying to cope with what's going on. These kids don't know if there should be like my two boys, like one of them's, you know, seven years old. He's in first grade. He's, he doesn't know, is this a break? Do I got to go to, I I still got to work. I still got to do like, it's, you know, if they don't know where to think. And process this information. So anyway, I think that that I love that story that you posted uh, because I think it's just a fun way that kids can adapt to their their skills. They weren't going to let 
a little virus, a big virus, stop their graduation ceremony, huh? That's right. That's so right. amazing. That's right. What are you? What did you, you? You told your kids there's a there's a, there's an illness that's contagious. Did that's you right. Tell well, they, them? They, they they told them at school. A couple things. I mean, it's just it's, it's the old uh, you know wise thing of be careful what you say around them. So in the very beginning, a few weeks ago, they started hearing the whispers and from me and my wife talking about it. I was a lot more concerned uh, a few weeks ago than I think most people. But um, so they heard about it. We started explaining it every once in a while. And then, um, they asked their school explained it and told them that they're going to be off for a period of time and, but they'll have daily check-ins and here's your homework assignment, go on online. And versus, oh, you know, if this happened you know, in our generation, uh, you know, you get a packet and just turn it in, but here they've already been working online every single day. They have online work to do reading oh. and math and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're better equipped. Um, to this, but they still don't quite understand. And you got to kind of be careful with the doom and gloom conversations that they may overhear. Um, so we're trying to be extra careful about that. Um, but at the same time, you know, educate them on what we do know, uh, because they're going to hear it from someone, you know. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's it's been a learning process for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I remember 9-11 I had, oh God, how old were they? I guess Jack was still in school, so maybe he was in fifth grade, the oldest. Um, but I remember it happened, you know, we, I took him to school. Yeah, I think they canceled school. But I didn't tell him what was going on. Yeah. I, I was, I couldn't even handle it. You know, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't tell him. And, and I think they heard from someone at school or something, but. You know, the thing about 9-11, because I do remember, um, you know, everyone remembers where they were, um, but, you know, because at the very time it happened that day, you quaint, you didn't know if it was going to happen more that day. You didn't know if it was going to be a continuous thing. So I think that definitely those few days were, were a little crazy. But I think after you sort of knew the threat was over, then it was about, you know, get galvanizing and coming together to deal with this new threat. This is just a little bit more interesting or challenging, I should say. Uh, it's, because it's, it's, There's so much creativity that is going on to to answer the 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 uh, challenges just, just um you know we're gonna we're gonna put up some uh, articles mckinley and i had my she's our editor at gnn and uh managing editor and we're gonna put up some articles some listicles about um what what you can do at home when you're when you're at home for a long period of time say you're by yourself like me <laughs> yeah. um i got i swapped i swapped my mattresses i had been wanting to do that for months you know, i <laughs> tore off all the sheets and switched them you know put the right one on the left and left one on the right um things like that that you just don't get around to doing um so we're going to make a list of some things that uh could help help out people that are home um some entertaining things you can do from home online and uh yes that's awesome i'm looking forward to reading that one yeah, and there's an article up on GNN now that we just reposted from a few months last year, I guess. Um, and it's let me just one second see how fast the internet is. There we go. How to follow negative news without getting yes. depressed. Yes. Yeah, good tips in that. I always call it selective sifting. I mean, if you're sensitive like me and you don't want to listen to just endless, uh, endless haranguing and wringing of hands um you know 
the online world is a great way to get your news because you can scroll through the headlines. You can see the headlines and just keep yourself from clicking on them. You don't need the details a lot of times. A lot of times you can see see the headline. Okay, you know, that has that has happened or that hasn't happened yet. Um, I, I saw a, I saw a bit about a bit from a biologist. He, he became he was on all the Chinese um, media shows um, because he started soothing people in China because he started crunching the numbers. Um, and so his article was was one of those that I clicked on because the headline was something like um, scientists soothes, you know, uh, soothes fears around the coronavirus. So I click on that. Yeah. Um, And he gave a lot of really good um, information about the numbers and how, yeah, we may be, we, because we're sort of younger in the virus um, aging, Italy being further along in China. He said that China um, doesn't have any more new cases being reported very much. They've, their curve is almost, you know, flattened at zero. Yeah. Because of well, strict, strict the measures that they took, yes, the measures exactly the strict um, quarantining and such. So, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, it's it's you know, there's a you know the science. The remember when you know a couple of years ago we were talking about you know working with peace one day and and kids for peace and and this idea that you know with quantum physics and stuff that if one percent of a population. Uh, whether it's a city, a town, a neighborhood, whatever, they can actually physically lift up the vibrations. Well, I was talking to this guy I was talking about earlier, Tobias Tubbs, who spent 29 years uh, in prison for uh, facing two life sentences without the possibility of parole. Imagine that. And yet never once got in a fight and has this unbelievable spirit around him. But he said when he heard that there's like a thousand, once he read that and became a an expert in sort of this quantum physics, self-taught and everything, that he would get 10 amazing souls around him and they would meditate and pray because that would be the equivalent of the 1,000 guys who are on lockdown. And they would be in this, they would just be praying and meditating. He said, you can see and feel the violence go down by the 1%. And so never discount the work that you know we're doing on Good News Network or the people that are sharing. I mean, think about this. When you read an article any article, whether it's on Good News Network or not, but let's take Good News Network, for example, and you read it and you feel better. Your act of sharing that article contributes to spreading positivity. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's how easy it is to participate in that, to elevate that 1%. So we can do it. We can get out of this, you know, it's not just, I think, the quarantine and the strict measures, but it's also mm-hmm. you know, great people like yourself coming together and, and bringing up the vibrations. Yeah, you're, so you're saying like the ripples that can go out from people are not okay. always um, aren't only just physical, like they're Definitely. emotional, metaphysical, emotional. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like when I I, I heard Peaches, my neighbor, uh, hollering down to her uh, buddy in in the driveway, and I thought, oh, good, you know, she's elderly, and I thought I'll go out. Hey, Peaches, how are you? I you know, are you staying healthy? And it just felt really good, and now. It was great that I didn't like someone else would go out. Their first contact with peaches would be, or, or their neighbor would be um, complaining, or you know, like oh, you know, all this fear stuff. But as I 
talked to her. She was feeling good. She said, oh, yeah, we got everything. And I said, we got to flip numbers. We got to get each other's digits so we can, um, you know, I didn't say digits. She's like 70. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So and we talked about how we could um, work on the avocado avocado tree between our house. Uh, The avocados fall on the ground and then the raccoons get them at night. And so we never get any. They start eating them. So I was thinking, dang, we should try to like hook up a um, hammock or something that catches them, you know, when they fall or something. Because there's a beautiful amount of these huge avocados out there. So that one conversation started a solution. Yeah. Yes. And if you're spreading cheer, Good cheer, good wishes. Hey, you know, if you need anything, let me know. I said, and yeah, she was. It was. It was a great, great conversation. That's right. But I think. But I, back to our talk about, you know, I think most people in a crisis they do want to help. It somehow it does bring the best out. I wonder why that is. I should be. I think. I, I think they're probably air studies. I mean, I think that they're. It's an eight. I think most of us choose to believe that innately we are, we are connected and that we are good people, you know, in society, in maybe certain environments and things, but I think in these times it, it shows, I mean, mm-hmm. um, I believe it, you know, there, and, and, and it brings, you know, look, I mean, we're not naive here. It does, you know, these things also sometimes bring the worst out of people. Um, I think it just shows your sort of truth and we just tend to focus on the, the good, you know, yeah, that was my quote of the day on the GNN homepage. I do that every night. Um, and one of them was, crisis doesn't change people, it reveals them. That's right. That's exactly of course, right. it does probably change them too. But yeah, it does bring out. And you said you got ready for this. Uh, we're stocking up weeks ago. You got any spare toilet paper? Because I'm on my last roll. You do? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> we have uh, quite you know, a bit of people. It made me think, because yeah, I went on Amazon. Well, maybe they have it there. Not until April 4th. Remember, I was telling you, I was telling you, uh, I don't know, like a week ago, have you done your shopping yet? You're like, no. I did. I? I went out yeah. right right away after that. That was your yeah. advice, and I did. And they were they were clear out, and I did try two stores. But then I thought, nah, you know, I have I paper towels. Were, I wish you weren't an hour and a half away, but I will say that uh, you'd be surprised, your neighbors. I mean, like, we have neighbors – who have little kids, so they have to do extra diapers. And so everyone's seeing how, you know, what sizes people have and, oh, you know, and, and just cool. to kind of think about that. And then, you know, I did get some, you know, a couple cases of water knowing that I have a bunch of people living here. Um, and, uh, also, uh, um, our neighbors, mm-hmm. uh, but, but nothing like extreme. I mean, we, we took the advice of, of the CDC and everything was just get around two weeks worth of supplies. Yeah. That's what you said. So I figured I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything beyond that, I think is just, again, you're not taking into consideration the other people who, you know, who are in need and who don't have the ability or the means to stock up for two weeks or longer than that. So. Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, I'm not on next next door because it irritates the heck out of me that they want to, um, they want my name, address, phone number, social security number. I'm serious. So I didn't join there, but, (laughs) <laughs> um, I bet you people are sharing on that site. That's, yeah, have, I, you, have you have you been on that site? I've been on that site. I yes, I have, but that's not. We communicate on our a Facebook group uh, just for the community. Nice. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Which I think Facebook takes has more information than you can ever dream of. So it's uh, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, look, I think, you know, to keep it going and moving and, and flowing, uh, do you want to talk about anything else in regards to this, what we're going through, or do you want to talk about some exciting stories and breakthrough stories that we can share with people to kind of like, yeah, well, look, yeah, let's move, move to the breakthrough. I just wanted to mention, is it raining by you? No, no because not. it's been raining here all day and night. And um, I learned that that um, actually washes away the coronavirus that has dropped out of the air. Um, yes, I heard that too. Yeah, so that's it was raining of- all day the last two days. Um, it looks like there's some clouds in the sky, but uh, let's yeah. just just positivity, the positive, positive, positive energy. All right, so tell us some good news, baby. Yeah. Tell me some some breakthrough stuff. Tell us. Share us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Most exciting story of the week. A company called Azelio has potentially solved the dilemma of what to do with the excess renewable energy that you're getting from solar and wind. You know, all the solar comes at night or all the wind comes when it's windy. And then um, then you're stuck with needing batteries, which this is a terrible um, environmental problem, batteries. So not only are the, do they fill up the landfill, I suppose, uh, after a while, but they also use rare minerals to um, create the batteries. So this company, Azelio, in fact, uh, the founder used to be, be a CEO of a battery company. GNN, GNN talked to him, and it sounds like a huge breakthrough. They um, use recycled aluminum to store the energy. That's awesome. Just think about that. Recycled aluminum in a, a you know, a container, um, and it stores the energy that is comes out of the photons or whatever during the day, and then you can reaccess it at night. And so there's no there's no emissions because uh, in the third world. They have a lot of solar in Africa and stuff. And then um, during the night, they, some of them don't have that. And they run diesel generators, which is really high emissions of crap into the air. And so a lot of these issues go away when you have this aluminum storage system. It's, it works on thermal energy. And they just inaugurated a about 10 days ago, and there's this huge, huge solar plant in the desert in Morocco called the Noor plant. And it's just a massive uh, thing of solar panels. And they inaugurated their batteries or their storage system there recently. Wow. And they're starting, they're from Sweden. It's a Swedish company. And uh, so Azelio, that's fantastic. So that article is on our website. And that was one of my favorites. That is, that is, that's Last a great story. That's, that's, I mean, this ingenious. I love, 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 love these stories. Of just yeah, he, entrepreneurs. yeah, we live in ingenious times. Yes, and we do. So we're the benefits. Uh, I mean, GNN is such a great benefit to me to hear of all these fantastic solutions that are coming about. Um, and this, um, what was I going to say about the aluminum? I can't remember. Should I move on to the breakthrough? Uh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's you know, these it's, it's breakthrough. I think what I it's exciting. It's it's a breakthrough, but it it goes again. Talk about the ingenious and the entrepreneurs and the scientists, mm-hmm. people who are 
you know, constantly looking for innovative ways to solve problems, right? And those are the stories that resonate with me the most, as you know. Um, I do tend to like the ones that have kids. That Children, yes, stuff. I know that. But um, <laughs> this one I loved is the, the headline that says, potential treatment for Lyme disease is kills disease kills bacteria that may cause lingering symptoms. And yeah. I know it, the, the, you know, my niece actually, she suffered from Lyme disease and she was on the standard antibiotics that, you know, and now thank God she didn't have what we think are the, you know, a lot of the, um, the symptoms, but, uh, but still she, you know, she sh- showed sometimes and there's all kinds of different, different antibiotic treatments. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tough one, you know? Um, yeah. Apparently there's, um, uh- Many, many people do get cured by the initial dose of right. antibiotics, but for, I think they said 10 to 20%, um, they have some of this lingering bacteria, which is drug resistant. That's right. That is, is hanging out there. So this week we posted a story today, um, a Stanford medical study on mice and in lab dishes suggests that the drug Azlocillin could be effective, could be very effective for treating patients with this drug tolerant bacteria. And what's fascinating is these these professors and researchers have been searching for six years and they've been screening compounds and thousands to find one that could be um, effective against this bacteria. And most of those drugs were already on the market. This one, they called amazing. So a step above every other compound they tried. And, and it's not on the market yet, unfortunately. So they're going to, they're working right now to get it to begin human trials. You know, it's interesting. I want to see, in that, you know, when you read these good news stories about, I mean, there are so many stories. If you just search, you know, studies, I'm sure on GNN, or there's so many stories that we post about these type of studies and what, you know, on one hand, you get so excited. On the other hand, you read, but it's not ready yet. It could take five, exactly. 10 years. And then yeah. you kind of go from a high to a little bit of a low. Um, I wonder, and this is a wonder because we don't know the answer, but with uh, Trump and the federal government trying to, you know, that, well, the Democrats and the Republicans come together to try and figure out the solution to a vaccine, right? They are creating a whole new sets of standards or lack of, you know, uh, uh, regulations so they can speed up. The, the process of a vaccine, so, which normally takes five, 10 years, can they do it in the next three, six months? Um, and by doing that, you have to skip, you know, all these animal trials, all these clinical trials. Now, the danger there, obviously, there's dangers in that. But I wonder if we could become, it's not because, you know, there's, there's, there is some proof to that this may be more of an archaic system in which we take five, 10 years because that five, 10 year process was put in place when there wasn't technologies to put in place, you know, Mm -hmm. to speed up these trials. And so I wonder if as a result of this, you know, uh, COVID-19 that we're going through, if um, because of this process and the speeding up of technologies, I wonder if that also could have hopefully a positive uh, ripple effect on getting, using smart technologies to, to get, either the yay or the nay to some of these other clinical trials. Um, I just wonder if that's a positive uh, repercussion that could happen because you read about these things and you trust it if it happens enough. Uh, and uh, something like this or other life-saving drugs, you know, you just don't want to figure, you know, you hope you don't have to wait 15 years or 10 years for these. Yeah, we try, we try to 
We try to find updates on the studies we've done in the past years because yes, they're they're always in the mi- the mouse trial or yeah. or the first stage of human trial. So it is it is tough. I mean, it uh, yeah, I kind of do feel bad about getting people's hopes up, but you know, that's what we're about, I guess, is hope. Um, but actually, well, I don't know. I haven't looked at it yet, but we saw a press release today from Australia and they used the word cure for coronavirus. Um, yeah. I yeah. Did, I, did you see I, that? I saw that, but I will tell it just on the note that you said about uh, feeling the hope and then, you know, it's in the still in the mice clinical trial stage. What I tend to do when I feel that emotion, when I read these articles that make me feel so excited about these breakthroughs that may take, you know, five, 10 years to come to the market or longer. I just think of my sons. I think of the younger generation. I think of hopefully the world that could be. So, yeah, it may not be here today, but my, thank God that we do have people that are working on these things to advance the technologies and, and hopefully well, people can. Work. Yeah. And we, we brought up a, Ebola on our on our, yeah. premier, our premier podcast long form uh, Friday because uh, the last Ebola patient um, was discharged and without, how would you say, was cured. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, I, of course, GNN's been around for 23 years doing positive news, but I, I remember that Ebola timeline Yes. where everybody was so frightened and there was no vaccine or whatever. And we watched the di- and we reported on the various stages of these vaccines right. coming out. That's and right. they, you know, and I, I do, I do want to say that in cases like those, the FD, well, in cases like those, they can fast track these things. And we have, and we've definitely uh, in the last year reported on at least a couple different uh, drug trials that were so effective for some massive chronic d- diseases that the FDA did fast track them. That's right. That's great. You know, if you've got human trials and 70% of the breast cancer people, or I'm not saying this is the disease, but I can't re- re- recollect which um, diseases, but yeah, you, you would want to, okay, well, this is helping so many people we need to fast track. So they are, they are, uh, the FDA is at least um, a little flexible. Yeah. Well, I think people are building technologies to speed up the trials also. That's what I mean. You know, there's just, there's just smarter ways to do it. Um, I remember what, I remember what I was going to say before. Um, I was looking through, for my lightning round at the end of this show, um, I was looking, f- I'm going to do medical headlines. So maybe something will come. Anyway, well, I saw, it. <laughs> I saw, um, it's 34 minutes. Could you yeah, believe I just that? saw that? I just saw that. Um, I saw an article, which I did not put in my uh, thing, but, uh, my, a lightning round, but, uh, we did it and it came in February, February 5th, I believe. Um, a researcher is div- going to do, dedicate his life to he he has come up with a way that you can turn your smartphone into a lab and with a little a little connector you can take a little piece of your blood you know like get a little prick of your blood and he he said you could even well that the coronavirus was in the headline that you can detect that and you know a whole bunch of other diseases from your phone now he's got a long way to go on that so again i'm not promising that that but can you you brought up technology can you imagine um you know citizens having their own diagnostic tests in their hands and say you've got two people in a town that have them they can help out everybody else to diagnose them it's pretty pretty interesting that's so cool that's so Love cool that. technology All right, give us that lightning round of good news to end this episode. 
All right. THC holds promise as possible first-of-its-kind treatment for women with endometriosis. Pivotal new drug helps to preserve brain cells after a stroke. Scientists find... Scientists find molecular switch that could lead to treatments of all kinds of diseases by reversing inflammation and aging. Game-changing skin printer works like a paint roller, speeding up the healing on even big wounds. I say that again, it's so odd. Game-changing skin printer works like a paint roller, speeding up healing on even big wounds. Little handheld. Handheld device. Yeah, that's awesome. And from February 4th, peanut allergy treatment was just approved as a first of its kind therapy in the United States. And that's the lightning round. Nice. Great job, Jerry. As someone who suffers from something with autoimmune and uh, inflammation, I loved that. um, All those stories are on are on GNN within the last two months. Amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, Jerry, it's been a an interesting day. I did look forward to it. Go ahead. We, we want to talk to some of our fans in future podcasts. Uh, I got something set up for us to communicate. We want to talk to some of our fans. So do you want to be on the show with us? Email us if something amazing has happened to you during this corona chaos Or if you need help embracing good news philosophy in these crazy times, we set it up. It's podcast at GNN.org. Podcast at GNN.org. So give us a, give us an email and we've got this software where all of, we'll just send you a link. You just click it on your computer or phone and you'll talk with us right like that. It's that easy. So I am looking forward to that. I am looking forward to that. Yeah. Let's have that. Let's have some fun. We should, we have Yeah, and don't forget to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. You can find us also on Podbeam, Podbean. And if you want more good news, make Good News Network your homepage or subscribe or subscribe to our daily newsletter of good news, The Morning Jolt at GNN.org. And that's all I have to say. Thank you so much. And remember, in these rough times, what we always say Meg, you got to say, Anthony, then you say, yes, Yes. you got to be my Ellen and and Ryan. (laughs) Let's do it again. Okay. And remember what we say.